written that the path of Saluk and Tasawuf is four stations, four steps, there are four legs to this journey. Some wrote that the path towards Jannat, others have said the path towards Jannat is two steps. The path towards Jannat is two steps. So then they said, how? What do you mean? And they said, put one step on your nafs and then put your other foot into Jannah. Just like that, the Mashaikh of Rasulullah said that the path of Tasawuf and Saluk is four steps or four stages or four legs of the journey. And they are known in Arabic as Sayyuri Arba. Literally means four journeys. Until Ibsalik, a student, a seeker on this path, does not travel these four journeys, then they will not get the wasl or marifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every single person who has ever become connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has done it through these four journeys. So these are known as Sayyuri Arba, the four journeys. This is a topic in of itself that we need to understand. So the first thing starts from a person's kalb, a person's heart. And when a person puts effort onto their heart by making zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the kalb that was like previously was like hard, like a rock, it starts to become softened. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran that even their flesh and their hearts become softened. So the first step, in the beginning, they need to learn how to sit in the musallah, spend time sitting in muraqabah. Otherwise, a person's body is not even suited to sitting in the position of zikr. And you will see that many people in the West, you can see they, can, they don't sit on the floor ever. They're always sitting on chairs. They have, they almost never ever sit on the floor. So that means that they're not used, they're no longer used to sitting on the floor. Just like that, an ordinary Muslim, their body parts are also not used to sitting in the posture of zikr. They sit, otherwise, they can sit for periods of time, they can sit for a short period of time. But sitting in the posture of zikr, with the purpose of zikr, whether they sit in atayat, on their knees, or they sit cross-legged, they find it difficult for them to do. 
So that person, <laughs> that person who makes zikr for five minutes, he feels that it's five, ten minutes, he feels a pain in their knee. They don't feel that they're able to sit for longer than five, ten minutes. These are just effects that a person has in their body. <laughs> what happens? <laughs> what happens is that the arteries that go through a person's legs, when you sit and you put pressure on them, when your body's pressure is on your legs, then they start squeezing the arteries, and therefore then their blood doesn't go as much through those arteries. So that's when they feel a numb feeling, or they feel a painful feeling, or they feel that their legs have gone to sleep. But that will just last 5, 10, 15 minutes, because then the blood will circulate in the system. The blood will reroute itself and find some alternate way, other than those main arteries, to reach the person's muscles. <laughs> So that person who can sit for sit through those 5, 10, 15 minutes of initial pain until the blood finds its alternate routes through smaller capillaries, then after 10, 15 minutes they will be completely fine. And there are some Mashaik who used to sit in one particular posture for hours, 4 hours, 6 hours, 8 hours unmoving in the same particular posture and they would do so with ease. You will even see non-Muslims, that they're Hindus who are called yogis and they sit in a particular posture of their meditation for hours and hours and hours. And they're actually not feeling any physical pain because their body gets softened and molds itself to that posture. The Sheikh Ladis, who was the student of Hazrat with the Muhtamim of Madrasa Qurakhatak, he used to teach the Sahih Bukhari. He would not place the book on any type of desk in front of him, but he used to hold the book in front of him like this. And those who have studied in the Madrasas in Pakistan, India, they know that that edition of Bukhari is quite heavy. And to hold it like that, you can't hold it like that for more than 5, 10, 15 minutes. But he used to sit in the entire lesson of Bukhari. He used to hold Bukhari in their hand. That's the first thing. The second thing is that when he used to hold it, he didn't even put his elbows like this. He used to hold it out like this. So he wasn't even leaning his elbows on his chest, but he held it out like this. Man, he used to sit on his knees like the position that we sit in Atayat in Qur'an. So every day for two to three hours he used to sit like this and he wouldn't even move one inch. And there were all types of Talaba students on the right. Students would be shifting to the left, shifting to the left, changing their posture. And he wouldn't say anything to them. But he was fixed in his posture. Because he had an adat, he had a habit of that. And by having a habit of that, it became easy for him. So this is one of the features of a person's body. That if a person habituates their body to sit in a particular posture, in the beginning, they will feel some difficulty. But then eventually the body becomes softened to it. And this is what Allah SWT has mentioned in Quran. That their flesh of their bodies and the skin on their bodies became softened towards the zikr of Allah SWT. 
if you can sit long enough that your, your body gets softened for zikr, then obviously you will have sat long enough for your kalb to be softened towards zikr. One of the major reasons a person's heart is heart is hardened is because of a kafzlat, because they're unaware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, heedless of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, distant from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. An example of this is that imagine that that land which has not never been cultivated, there's not been any plantation, no harvest, and it's just like that for years, it becomes very rigid, very thick, because no, nobody has plowed it, nobody has tilled it, nobody has planted anything on it. So over the years, such a piece of land gets extremely rigid and infertile. Just like that, the kalb, if a person doesn't do zikr on the kalb, it's like they haven't plowed or tilled the kalb, and the kalb becomes hardened. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that has not the time come for the believers that their hearts should fear, have khawf and fear in the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lest that they become like the people of the book who went before them. So this ayah of Qur'an makes it clear that the heart should fear some, feel some fear in the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have this problem that for eons and for long periods of time we have not done any zikr. So because we haven't done that then the heart has become hardened. Now how is it that we can soften it? We have to sit and spend time sitting and sitting in Muraqabah. So when you sit in Muraqabah, whether you sit cross-legged or you sit on your knees, this is your own choice. But you should try to select a posture that you habituate yourself. And in the beginning, you may only be able to sit for 5-10 minutes, then you'll be able to sit for 15 minutes. And you will see that there was a time that when the person could initially not sit for 5 minutes, if they make a habit of it, soon enough they'll be able to sit for 2 hours. Then shaitan will tell you that, no, don't sit like this, your knee is hurting. But if you sit on it regularly, then shaitan will say that your neck is going to hurt because your neck is dripping because all the time that your neck is dripping so your next second pain you'll feel is some pain in your neck then when you keep sitting then you, your neck will also become softened and then once you make it a habit then you will sit for hours and feel sukoon you will feel relaxed, you will feel tranquility and you should think that if I want my kalb to be active and activated if I want kalb to become jari I have to make a habit of sitting in long muraqamah there are some people that <coughs> in their early asbaq they didn't even sleep at night they would not lie down at all at night that sometimes they used to spend their first few years of their path on this journey of the sabbath that whenever they were finished with all of their tasks for the day prayed their isha for the night they would just enter jamrakaba and they would sit in Muraqabah all night long. And they may even fall asleep in that state, but they would remain in that posture. They'd never lay down. And for years they never had the opportunity to actually lie down. And they would sit and they would sleep while sitting in that posture. Why? Because they sat with the intention of zikr. So even if they did two hours of muraqabah and then after that they slept for three hours, but if they were in that posture and their niyat was of zikr, they would get the sawab of sitting for five hours of zikr.
Now we can understand that it's very easy that you take the cell phone and if you put the cell phone with the charger and whether the screen is on or whether the screen is off, either way it's charging. So it doesn't affect the charger whether the screen is on or off. So just like that, when a person connects their charger of their qalb to the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether they're awake, that means their screen is on, even then they're going to get the charging, or whether they fall asleep and the screen goes off, they're still getting the charging. So those people who get zikr al-qalbi, they used to work for hours and hours to get this. They used to work like they were crazy. And the Prophet said that you should do ibadat such that people call you majnoon, people call you crazy. He doesn't lie down, he doesn't sleep. What's the matter with him? So what does that mean? That, hatta, that you keep doing ibadat until that it is said about you that you are majnoon, that you are crazy. Whether your friends say it, your household people say it, whether enemies say it, but they'll all say that it's crazy. But when you work like that, when you work like a crazy man, then you will get this blessing of having your qalb activated and active. And until today, Hazrat Sahib is saying, I've never met any person who has this maraqaba just for minutes and has had a strong nisbat. Doing maraqaba for a few minutes a day, you won't get anything. You can't even pass first grade for just a few minutes a day. Can you imagine if somebody goes to first grade for just a few minutes a day? They will never even pass first grade. If you can't pass first grade by going to school just for 10 minutes a day, how are you going to get relied by doing maraqaba for minutes a day? And then on top of it, if they have no link with deen, they don't have any... You know, when we say initially, when people tell us something, initially I take bath from people, and I tell them that you should do Morocco for 10-15 minutes a day, these are people who are new, and some of them are even new, not that strong in deen. So I can't tell them in the beginning that you have to do Morocco for a few hours a day. But that is just to bring them and connect them to this path and to, so that they don't feel afraid of doing Raqqabah or afraid of Tasawwuf so they get their feet wet. That's what that meaning is. But when they get their feet wet and they start tasting Raqqabah and then if they say that, not that I want to get bed, but they say I want to get Wilayat, I want that ni'mat, then they will be told you have to do Raqqabah for hours. And sometimes Hazrat says, I explain it this way, that if you want to meet a very senior officer or if you want to meet the president of the country, then you have to wait for hours and hours. And you, for the, to meet the president, you have to wait months and months. So to meet the king of the world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how many months or years will you have to sit in waiting? So Muraqaba is sitting in that waiting. And that person who sat for hours and hours in waiting in Muraqaba, when they rise from the grave, they will rise and their faces will be smiling and they will be gazing upon Allah Ta'ala smiling and Allah Ta'ala will be gazing upon them smiling. Why? Because it will be said that you spent hours and hours in the waiting room. Now is time for you to meet your Rabb. So, and this is the way of this world, that you have to wait. You must sit in waiting. And this is the way of all of the kings of this world and it is the way of the king of the world. Is the way of the king of kings. So this is one thing, is that to do that person who is serious and really wants to get zikr in their kalb, 
they should make a practice of sitting in muraqabah. Whether they do it at the time of the hajjud, they do it at the, after isha, whether they do it in the daytime, there's no restriction or no st- specific stipulation as to what time you have to sit. Whatever time you of the day or night you find it easy to sit for a longer period of time. But when you sit in Raqqabah, now what is the first thing you should do, the, the first thing that will happen, that shaitan will try to whisper into you. And he will put bad thoughts in your mind, even lustful thoughts, evil thoughts. And he will send a torrent and a flood of such thoughts on you. And then you're going to think, that, oh, I didn't even have such thoughts. I sit in Raqqabah and have these thoughts. Outside of Raqqabah, I wasn't even thinking these thoughts. So this is this is Shaitan's ploy, his trick, and he wants to make you depressed and take you away from doing zikr brakabat. So that's why when the person sits in brakabat, when they get these thoughts, they break their brakabat after two minutes. No, you have to do mujahida. You have to fight against those thoughts. You have to persevere through those thoughts. You have to persevere through the whisperings of Shaitan. You can imagine that, imagine if there's a room and a cat, you had a cat and a cat defecated in that room. When you open the door, you will smell the foul stench of that excrement. But closing the door isn't going to eliminate the stench. You'll have to bear with the stench, roll up your sleeves, go where the excrement is and clean it out. That's the only way to remove the stench. Just like that, when you sit in Muraqabah and you open the door of your heart, then shaitan is like the cat and he is, he is defecated in the room of your heart. And now you shouldn't close the door of your heart and stop your Muraqabah. No, you should go deeper inside. You should think that if I bring this qalb to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is full of all of these bad thoughts, how will I show my face on the Day of Judgment? So Allah Ta'ala said that my, your qalb was my home and this is the state that you kept it in. So in our heart we should have a feeling of regret that after so many years I finally realized that I have to clean my kalb, I have to polish my kalb. So now I have to make up for lost time and I should sit for hours and hours in Muraqabah. Then what will happen is the hundred thoughts you were having will go down, there will be 99, there will be 98. One by one by one all of those thoughts will go down. And one by one by one your awareness and remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will go up. So much so that there will come a time, there will inshallah come a time that the second you lower your head, you will feel 100% zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is called istihzar, that you are always in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you reach that, then you will happily sit for hours upon hours upon hours. So sitting in Muraqabah, number one, and number two, plowing through and persevering despite having wasawas or different thoughts. And number three, that you should have the proper kifiyat. What does that mean? That there's some people, when they sit in Muraqabah, they start moving to and forth. They start taking breaths, as it says you shouldn't, that's not, that's incorrect. You may think that this is your jazbah and your passion and you're getting really into it and you're hardcore. So no, you shouldn't do Muraqabah like that. Muraqabah is going to be beneficial when you do it in the same way that Allah Ta'ala instructed the Mashaikh to do it. 
This is from ilham that the mashaykh received this method. So it means that the method has been instructed by Allah subhanahu wa So we should do it in the same method and way. So breathing should be normal. Body should be motionless. The tongue should be silent and still. But in fact, in muraqaba, what you should feel is that my qalb is saying Allah, Allah, and I'm just listening to it. Just like as if there's a speaker here and the cassette is playing and you're just listening to the speaker. Just like that, you imagine that the cassette of my heart is saying Allah, Allah, and I'm just listening to it. Now when you start sitting like this, then sometimes you may feel drowsy. You, shaitan may show you some image. This is another trap shaitan has. That if you manage to plow through the waswasa and you don't break the zikr, then shaitan launches a second attack. And what does he do? He shows all types of images. First he tries with thoughts. His second tool is images. This is the second trap because Shaitan is a accursed, repugnant. Once there was a Sheikh doing Muraqaba on the member, and all of a sudden he saw huge light. And a voice called out from that light that Abdul Qadir, we are now very pleased with you. And we have lifted up the pen from you. It means do whatever you want. There will be no, nothing will count as a sin. Do whatever you want. You're marfu' al-qalam. The pen has been lifted from you and you're free to do as whatever you want. So the second he heard that voice, Sheikh Abdul Qadir Zayantan immediately said, La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. That Allah's hukam is that you should worship your Rabb until yaqeen, until death overcomes you. And this voice is saying that I, the pen has been lifted from me. It must be none other than shaitan who could say such a thing. So he read, La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. And indeed it was shaitan and he was dispelled and he ran away. But on the way he backfired, he sent a rear-facing missile. And what did he say? He said that, Oh, Abdul Qadir, that you know I have managed to trick thousands of awliya through this trick you managed to save yourself from me because of your ilm I managed, I used this trick and I was able to successfully deceive thousands of awliya or you can say dozens of awliya and you were able to save yourself because of your ilm so again Sheikh Abdul Qadir said La hawla wa la quwata illa billah O accursed one I didn't, was not saved because of my ilm I was saved because of the fuzzle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That was the second try that he would think that I was saved because of my ilm So now think that if shaitan is attacking people like Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jalayna Then we shouldn't think that any one of us is going to be free from his attack This is why a person needs the guidance of a shaykh because shaitan is always putting pitfalls on the paths that lead to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You need a shaykh to guide you through and around those pitfalls. So if, if the waswasas didn't work, the thoughts didn't work, then second he will show images. Images of sin, images of people. Or sometimes images of Jannat. So a person will say, Oh Shaykh, I saw Jannat in Raqqaba. So he's saying, I don't want you looking at any images in Jannah. Oh, any images in Raqqaba. Even if you see an image of Jannah, you should view that as an obstacle. In Raqqaba, you're only doing one and one thing alone, just listening to Allah, Allah. 
If there's anything other than Allah, Allah, anything other than listening to Allah, Allah going on in your muraqabah, it's a trap. It's nothing other than a trap from shaitan. The only thing you should be doing in muraqabah is listening to Allah, Allah. And what does this mean that you're listening to Allah, 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 all of a sudden you're going to hear a loud sound and hear it in your ears? It won't be like that. There's going to be a way. So what? listen to the way. The way will be as follows. That whenever a person sits and focuses on their heart, and inside the person's heart, there's a ruh. <coughs> a ruh. A ruh. Ruh. One is the ruh that is in our whole body. And then our physical heart also has a ruh. So just like your whole body has a whole ruh, the heart of your body has a ruh in it. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Quran, that indeed we sent a ruh min amrina from our amr, from our command. So there is some ruh that Allah ta'ala has sent down. So one is the ruh of the body, and the second is the ruh of the heart. The ruh of the heart that is what attracts and absorbs the nur that comes down from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we are sitting down in Muraqabah, one is our physical heart, that is part of our body. But the real kalb is inside the physical heart. So the spiritual heart is inside the physical heart. Just like we say that this is my body and I'm inside this body. The real person is inside me. So just like that, the real heart is inside the physical heart. The spiritual heart is inside the physical heart. So this is what Sayyidina Rasulullah said in the that the person who descends, his heart is blackened, and the person who does uh, good deeds is munawar. So this doesn't have anything to do with the physical heart. There may be a very person with a very healthy heart, but he's a sinner, his spiritual heart is blackened. There may be a believer who has a bad physical heart, heart disease, but his spiritual heart is manawar, has the nur of the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what is that that has the nur or has the zulmat? That is the ruh of the heart, and that is something from Ali Amr. So the proof of this is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Quran that their kalb is between the two fingers of Ar-Rahman that the kalb and he can turn their hearts however he wants now this physical heart is not what lies between the two fingers of Ar-Rahman it's the asl kalb that came down from Alim Amr it's that kalb that lies between the two fingers of Ar-Rahman so just like the ruh came into our body and you can understand that that ruh had some details in it and one particular detail of the ruh came into our heart. And that spiritual heart, the ruh of the physical heart, that is called kalb. So that's the asl ruh is inside the kalb. So when we sit in Muraqabah and we're doing zikr, then what will happen is that ruh will exit from its kalb. Just like, the, imagine the heart is unlocked. Just like when the cage is unlocked, the bird flies out. Just like that, when the heart is unlocked, the ruh of the heart then comes out. 
And in the principle that each and every single thing returns to its asal. So this rue of the heart that comes out, it goes up towards the alam amr It goes back to where it came from because it came from the commandment of the spontana. So when the rue is coming out, then the person feels a vibration. The person feels some movement. And this is called the hadruk. This is the vibration or movement of the kalb. There are two types of fluttering of the heart. One is the phys- movement of the physical heart, which is pumping blood. Right, the movement of pumping the blood. And in one minute, it pumps blood so many times. It's your pulse 70 times a minute. That's the pulse of the heart. And it's pumping blood into the whole body. That's one feeling. That's a very small frequency. But when a person does, their, kalb, their spiritual heart becomes active and activated, then it feels tahadrak. And what is that tahadrak? The tahadrak is like a very fast vibration, like this. Just like this. Extremely fast vibration. And the likeness of that vibration is that imagine if somebody starts an engine of a bus, and then the bus is standing there, and you're sitting and you can feel the vibration on the chair. And your whole body is vibrating because the whole bus is vibrating because of the engine started. That's the type of vibration you will feel when you do Marakama. That's the second type of Tahadruk. And when you start feeling that, then you, should, then, you will, then you will know that indeed now I felt this feeling called Tahadruk. But before you get this blessing of Tahadruk, a person will get a painful sensation in their Latifah Kalb. Many Salakins say that when we sit in Marakabah, I feel a type of painful sensation here. I feel a sensation throbbing or pressure, pressure type sensation here. Now, just think that when your whole Ru leaves your body, that will be very painful. When a part of your Ru, the Ru of the Kalb starts leaving your body, that will be a small pain. So that small pain that you feel, that is a good sign. That's not a bad sign. When people, they panic, and they think that, oh, I'm going to have a heart problem. Maybe it's my physical heart. That's not your physical heart, it's your spiritual heart. And this, so there's nothing to worry about. This is a pain that you feel in your heart. But it's bearable. It's not an unbearable pain, it's a bearable pain. But it will occur. It happens to men, it happens to women, it happens to young, it happens to old. And some people have more, some people have less. But whoever does Marakaba for a long period of time will feel it. And then when the more and more they sit, first they will feel a pain, then they will have a light vibration. But it's a very fast pace of fluttering. It's much, much faster than the palpitation of the physical heart. So you shouldn't confuse the two. One is the palpitation of the pulse of the physical heart, and second is the vibrating of the spiritual heart. Some people, they try to tune their muraqaba according to their pulse. No. That you're not supposed to be doing, you're not pumping Allah Allah, you're listening to Allah Allah. You're not trying to pump Allah Allah the way your heart pumps blood, you're trying to listen to Allah Allah. And then they, but they're trying to pump Allah Allah and then they write Hazrat letter that I can't do it for more than 10 minutes. So they says because you're doing it according to the wrong method, that's why you can't do it for more than 10 minutes. When you adopt the proper method, you will be able to sit easily for hours upon hours.
So the method is that you sit and, and imagine that my kalb is speaking and I'm just listening to it. And I should listen to it with the ears of my heart and with complete focus and concentration and completely relaxation. First you will feel a slight pain or pressure. Then you will feel a vibrating and a throbbing. And this tahadak will become so clear that then a person will sometimes find that difficult. So you should remember three words. That the hadrak, the vibration that a person feels, is number one, very latif. means it's very light. It's not heavy. It's not going to make your whole body sway back and forth. It's very light and delicate. Number two, it's jameel. It's very soft and beautiful. And number three, it's laziz. It's actually very pleasurable. So the tahadruk is latif, jameel, and laziz. Sometimes then a person will put their hand here to subdue the pressure a little bit, so that I relax a little bit. So that, that's the type of feeling you will have. And there are many people whose hearts are active and activated. They all say the same thing, that I felt some vibration, and then it was fluttering, and I was enjoying it, and I wanted to sit, but after some time it was difficult however, for me to bear, so I would clasp my chest to subdue it or suppress it in some way. So these are all signs that a person is progressing in their zikr. This means that now the kalb has now made its journey. The ruh that was inside of us has now exited and has made its journey. This journey is the first stage and this is called Sayr ilallah. And this I will explain as they saying is tomorrow. That what the force you are, I will explain them in more detail tomorrow. But today what I wanted to talk about zikr kalbi and explain in detail what it is to do zikr in the kalb. So that there is no confusion about this in the future. So this tahadruk that a person feels, this continues and continues and continues over time and then becomes tadakkur. The same vibration and feeling that is called tahadruk, then you get an idrak, you get a feeling of it, then that becomes tadakkur, then you feel as if you're listening to Allah Allah. That is the kalb that is doing the zikr of Allah Allah And it's the kalb that is listening to it A person's heart is doing the zikr And the heart is doing it These ears don't listen to it You understand? That the heart, the kalb is doing the zikr And the kalb is listening to the zikr And listening to it How can you listen to it? That relates to a person's kashf and there are two types of kash. One is a kash that you certain you can hear sounds that were veiled, and a second is to see things that were veiled. So sometimes people, when they experience kash, they can, for example, they see the word Allah written on leaves. That's basri kash. They see things that were otherwise not visible. And other times, they, people hear the zikr of different members of creation. They heard something that previously was not able to be heard. That is called some ikash. This like Hazrat uh, used to do so much zikr. Hazrat Fazal Krishnam used to do so much zikr that he even used to be able to hear the zikr from the um, earth around him. And when he used to use the earth to try to wipe himself, he didn't know because he could hear the earth doing zikr. 
and then he wasn't able to do istinja. This is the Khalifa of Hazrat Fazlakir Shamtanai. And then Hazrat Fazlakir Shid then turned that gush off from him and said, Okay, now go and you will be able to use the pieces of earth for istinja. So, Kalb doing zikr is one thing. And being able to hear that zikr, that is something separate. These are two separate things. The second thing has to do with kash. Sometimes because a person does sins, they don't have kash of listening. Sometimes because they ate something of doubtful origin, they lose their kash to listen. But this, when the shaykh looks um, with a spiritual gaze, he can detect that the tazakr is there. So a person may not be able to feel it. Sometimes we have seen to some people that they do their mamalat, they have taqwa, they have goodies, but they say, I don't feel anything in Muraqaba, and they're worried. So he says that, no, you may not be able to feel it because you don't have kashf. Therefore, you're not able to perceive it. It doesn't mean that you're not feeling it. You can't perceive the feeling. You can give an example that imagine that there is some audio system in which there's doing talawat, but only that person who has the headphones can hear it. And that person who doesn't have headphones, they won't be able to hear it. So you can just imagine that you don't have the headphones of kash. And because you don't have the headphones of kash, doesn't mean that the kalb isn't doing Allah Allah. It just means that you're not able to listen to it. So the kalb doing Allah Allah is one thing, and your ability to hear that Allah Allah is a second thing. And that second thing has to do with kash. And if a salik wants that, then they have to be very, very careful about their earning and very, very careful about their eating and they must not do any sinning. Only then would they be able to have that kash. Hazrat Khaja Muhammad Masroom and Hazrat Khaja Muhammad Sayyid These were both the sons of Imam Rabbani Majal Fasana and when they were small boys, when they were six, seven years old, they were running around. And Hazrat Mashaafasanin he came out of his masjid once. And when he saw the, where the people left their shoes, he was surprised and he saw that there were some Jews that had been neatly arranged in rows on one side, and then there were a whole bunch of shoes that had been neatly arranged in rows on the other side. This is when and I looked at the shoes I had kash when I saw that the right side shoes on the right side were the ones who were Sa'id destined for Jannah and the shoes on the left side were those who were Shaki who were destined for Jannah and this was the shoes of the Ashabul Yameen and the shoes of Ashabul Shamal. So then I asked who arranged these shoes in this way? So they said that your two small children were playing and while they were playing around they came to the shoes and all of a sudden they started putting some shoes on the left and some shoes on the right. He got worried that they're such, such a young age, they're having such serious kashf. So how are they going to manage this when they grow older? So he wrote a letter to Hazrat Khwaja Bakibullah, his sheikh. He said, Oh sheikh, my two small boys have such much kashf that this is what ha- this incident happened. And at such a small age, they're separating out the shoes of who is Asamba Yumin, Asamba Shamal. Hazrat Khwaja Bakibullah wrote him back and said, What you should do? He said, go and feed them some food from the bazaar. Restaurant food. Uh, that time, when there's a much more pious time, the restaurant food of that day and age was, forget today's fast food, that day's restaurant food, they gave them one something to eat and all of the kash was finished.
to the small children. Imagine that from centuries ago, that type of restaurants. Imagine that today's restaurants, maybe there's not even any distinction between halal and haram. So that's why that a person should be very careful about what they eat if you want to listen to this zikr. Otherwise, the kalb will be active and activated, but you won't be able to hear it. If you want to hear it, and for that you have to be absolutely sin-free and absolutely doubtful wealth and eating free. So for the kalb to become active and activated, this was the process. The first there is harkat, tahadruk, and it's latif, jameel, and laziz. It is delicate, and it is beautiful, and it is very pleasurable. And the person will feel it inside their breast. And then some people also, who they used to, underneath their shirt, used to have a ramal. And they used to bind it tightly, so that they could suppress it, and therefore then they could last longer in Marakama. Otherwise they found the sensation too difficult on them. So when this tahadrak changes into zakur, then, it, then instead of the vi- vibration, it's actually the Allah Allah that you feel. But whether you can hear it, that is something to do with kash. That you guard your eyes, you guide your ears, you guard yourself against sin, you guard yourself against doubtful wealth and doubtful food, then you can have that type of gush. And when a person's kalb is jari, is active and activated, then whenever you want, morning, evening, afternoon, night, all the time the person's kalb is doing Allah, Allah. And if a person had that gush, they would be able to hear it all the time. Even your eyes may fall asleep, but your kalb will never fall asleep. It will continue doing zikr even when you're sleeping. And that's the one part of the human that you have that never sleeps, that is called the kalb. All life the kalb is awake. And when it becomes jari, when it becomes jari, then there's no stopping in its zikr. It's ceaseless, unending zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And even when the person dies, it doesn't stop doing zikr. Just like even when they're sleeping, it doesn't stop doing zikr. Even when the person dies, it doesn't do zikr. Stop doing zikr. The Prophet some said that my eyes sleep, but my heart doesn't sleep. So what was the heart doing if it wasn't sleeping? It was doing the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when the kalam does the zikr of Allah, Allah, this is called zikr al-kalbi in the hadith. This also becomes zikr al-sibri, secret zikr. This also becomes zikr al-kamil, the perfect type of zikr. These three different words have come in hadith for this type of zikr. Zikr al-kalbi, zikr al-khafi, and zikr al-khamin. Not kamil, sorry. Khamin, hidden, secret, and heart zikr. What does it mean? That it's a zikr that nobody else can hear. It's secret and hidden from everybody else, from everyone else other than the person doing the zikr. Even the one sitting right next to you can't hear it. That's a separate thing that if it's by karamat, the other person is a wali, he may be able to see it. But otherwise, only the person who's doing it knows that they're doing zikr. The person around them doesn't know. Either they know or the being they're remembering knows. Only the lover knows and the beloved knows the tales of their, the fables of their love. And these are signals that are sent between the lover and beloved 
and the lover sends a message to his beloved in a way that only the beloved knows about that message. Even the angels don't know when a person, they can't hear the Muraqaba. So how do they write it? It comes in a death that when a person does the zikr kalbi a fragrance comes out from the person's heart. So the angels write that fragrance. They write that fragrance is coming from the heart for such and such a time. Then on the Day of Judgment, Allah Ta'ala will call that Book of Deeds and will ask the angels, that, what did you write in this entry? And they will say that some fragrance was coming from him. And he said, yes, this was the secret message of love that my lover sent me as his beloved. And this was not something that you heard. And just like I didn't enable you to hear it and write it in the Book of Deeds, and it was only for me alone, that now I alone will give the reward and compensation for that zikr. So this is the blessing of doing the zikr of Allah Allah. There should be some moments of our life that we should also have that our dead heart should be revived. We should remember that a person who is to resurrect a dead person, that is a small miracle. To resurrect a dead heart, that is a big miracle. And our Akabar, they, they were people who used to resurrect dead hearts and bring dead hearts back to life. And sometimes the tawajjah of the shaykh is so strong that the second they put the finger and they do the ishara of Allah Allah, the person's skull becomes active and activated right then at that moment, but the salik doesn't realize. The salik doesn't realize it. Haven't you seen just like that there's sometimes... Uh, dirt on the screen or dirt on the glass, you can't see outside. Just like that, that they're not able to clean the screen and look inside and see their Allah, Allah and they don't have their gush. But so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or the Shaykh, sorry, the Shaykh, putting his heart activates the kalb and now the kalb is doing Allah, Allah. And now the salak has to do muraqaba to clean the screen so that they can also feel the Allah, Allah. Hazrat Mushad al they said, that a Kamal Shaykh can recognize the hearts of the people who come in front of him. They can tell whether the person is doing zikr or not. And even if a person who has ghafl comes to them, when they put their finger on their heart, they will activate their heart. Whether that person realizes it or aware of it or not. And then the person becomes on taqwa, the person will follow deen, they will grow a beard, they will start praying their salah. They will, all their changes in life, how is it happening? That because the zikr started inside in their kalb. How did the zikr start? Because the shaykh put their finger on that person's kalb. So on this latifa, it, you have to spend lots of time doing zikr on latifa kalb. Because this is the first sabak. But this is very easy to do. Just keep one thing in mind. That if you pick up all the books in the world, you will see that the first lesson of every textbook is always easy. Any textbook in the world, the first lesson is not the most difficult one. The first lesson is always the easiest one. So just like that, this is the first lesson of our sasana. Allah Ta'ala has also made it easy. So it's not difficult. Yes. It depends on your attention. You have to have a commitment. That, oh Allah, I just want to do the zikr. Not that I do a bit of muraqaba and the slightest distraction. I go outside and I look at all the women in the world. So then all the kifayat you got in muraqaba, you just erase them. You wipe them away. 
In fact, once one glance that you looked at as bad, it can erase months of effort you put in muraqabah. Months of muraqabah can be erased by moments of sin. So a person has to be careful not to misdirect the gaze, not to lie, not to do backbiting, to be careful about their earning, to be careful about their eating. Then they will preserve and build up the kifiyat that they get when they do their muraqabah. So those people who were able to activate their qalb, they did a lot of effort on their qalb. A lot of effort. What was that effort? They made their life according to the Sharia and Sunnah and they left all sins. And then after that, then they were able to sit for hours and hours. The zikr of the qalb if once a person can get this, then all of the subsequent coming lessons are easier. Why? Because the zikr of the kalb is what makes a person always getting the nur from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just like imagine that in a home, there is one bulb, and if that bulb works, then that one bulb is enough to light up the whole room. <coughs> But if you don't have any bulb, then that's a problem. But when you get the first bulb on, the person who turned the first light bulb on, now their whole room is getting light. So just like that, when they make their kalb on, then it turns light on into their whole room. And then it's easier for them to do ru and sir and khafi. Now I'll just give an example of electricity, that when you initially make the wiring, it takes some effort. But once the home is wired, then you can plug in any bulb you want. So when you do zikr on the first lesson, you're trying to wire your ru, and once the ru is wired, then you can turn on a ru, sir, khafi, one by one. The subsequent lessons become easier. And we used to make a lot of journeys and travels. Others giving his own example. We used to travel on the GT road, and we used to travel in the car. And every 20, 30 kilometers, we used to see very these tall trees. And then we would see fountains by those trees. And people used to tell us that in the early days when caravans used to go, they used to stop in these groves of trees and rest under the shade. So that means about 20 kilometers is how much a person used to be able to travel before cars. But as I just said, we used to cross 20 kilometers in about 10 minutes. So we, we, I as I just said, I reflect on that. Allah Ta'ala has made the physical journey so much easier. And now in a person when they fly from Lahore to Karachi, they can reach Karachi from Lahore in one and a half hours by air. And in the olden days it would have taken months to go by camel or by walking. And sometimes even people take the morning flight, attend the meeting and they come back on the evening flight. So that same Allah subhanahu wa who has put so much mercy on such weak people like us, that by looking at our weaknesses, Allah Ta'ala has made all of these physical journeys easier and Allah Ta'ala has shortened the distances of the world that normally distances that used to require uh, months to travel, months travel time, now they just require hours. That same Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has made the spiritual journey easy and has shortened the spiritual distances in this day and age for us. Our Shaykh used to say that in the early generations very few people would get zikr al-kalbi because they had to spend so long and anybody whose kalb was jari, even the awliya used to go travel to visit him. Let's see this person whose kalb has become jari. But in this day and age, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it easier 
because this is an age of fitna and fasad and we are weak in our iman, Allah has made it easier. So now if somebody wants to get this ni'mah, it's actually within reach. But a person will have to set foot on this path and a person will have to be steadfast on this path. And these things that we have, these addictions that we're not willing to leave, we have to leave them. Somebody is suffering an internet addiction. Somebody is suffering due to cell phone addiction. Somebody is involved with some girl in the office place. These addictions or affections or infatuations, we have to give up these things. Somewhere shaitan has activated one point for us to distract us and divert us some infatuation, affection, attention so that shaitan can divert us from the zikr of Allah so that he doesn't take off in his zikr. Let me keep him grounded by keeping him involved in some attraction, infatuation, affection. And they even pray tahajjud, they pray salah, and they even are careful about speaking, they follow the sunnah. But what can they do? They say, I can't control my gaze. I'm still attracted to women. I'm infatuated by one particular woman. There are some people, they control their gaze, but they have a problem, they have a lot of anger. So much anger, Al-Aman Al-Afiz. Allah protect us from their anger. So somebody, is, shaitan's job is this, to mire someone down in one sin or the other, to keep them grounded and to prevent them from taking off on the zikr. So if we want to take off in our zikr kalbi, we have to leave all of these addictions, all of these sins, all of these affections, all of these infatuations. And if we do that, then we will enjoy our maraqabah like anything. And up till today, you have you tasted the pleasures of delicious food, but you have not tasted the pleasure of being hungry. Being hungry has its own pleasure. Hazrat says that in my own life, I had the opportunity to meet two people. One was a person that for 50 years, 5-0, 50 years he kept the Psalm of Dawud alternate days fasting. One day fasting, one day not fasting. And as Jesus mentions, another Karishab, 35 years. For 35 years, he has been keeping alternate fasts. To imagine for 35 years they keep alternate fasts. One day they fast and one day they eat. So once somebody asked him, that Karsav, he says that, you know, that day I eat, I have less pleasure, and that day I fast, I have more pleasure. He says, I enjoyed the hunger more than I enjoyed the eating. We don't know what the pleasure of that hunger is. Just like that, we enjoy the pleasure of good conversation. We don't know the pleasure of silence. That pleasure of silence, if a person gets that, then they will find it difficult to talk. And a person doesn't like talking a lot. There were some people that they used to, before they used to sit in Muraqabah, they used to pray Turaqat's Nafal and say, Oh Allah, don't let anybody who wants to disturb me come and interrupt my Muraqabah. They would first pray two Nafal Salah and make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And it happens sometimes people come and they distribute, they interrupt your mrakabah, they tell you do this, do that. So they would first pray two rakats, nafil salatul hajjah. And Allah Ta'ala, I'm about to sit in mrakabah. Please don't let anybody come who's going to disturb or interrupt my mrakabah. So much talat they have for mrakabah. The person should have so much desire in their heart. Because they want to get zikr kalbi in their heart. And we have seen in many khankas in this world that today that the method of zikr kalbi the people don't understand it properly. And people aren't doing it properly. 90% of the khankas they're doing zikr kalbi incorrectly. 90%. And we saw in our life we've seen we've, we've met several unfortunate students of these khankas. One of them was doing breath and Another one was moving, using voice. And another one we saw that <laughs> they would open their shirt and they would go, Allah, Allah, Allah. And then they would close their shirt. And that was their marakama. So, these are mashayk of silsala. Even some mashayk, it seems as if they even never properly learned zikr because their father was a sheikh and they became a sheikh and then their grandson became a sheikh. So now there were hundreds of thousands of marids because of their father or grandfather but they don't, themselves don't know how to do zikr. Now there are even some places where there are sheikhs and they're clean shaven So what will they know about zikr? So how many khankas are there today that they don't even know how to do the first lesson properly? Once an alim met Hazrat Sam and he was one of the lovers. So he asked, he said that are you, you understand, he was brilliant. Uh-huh. So he asked Hazrat that are you Naqshbandi? And as he said yes, he said can you tell me? And so he explained to him what we have heard from our elders. And he was an alim, so he could understand that this was the truth. <laughs> and then he asked Hazaji, he said that, how did your shaykh teach you the salah? Because he said that this is how our shaykh taught us, and we have these azbaq, we have these lessons, and these were established by Imam Rabbani, and the 35 sabaks, 35 lessons. So then he started crying. So they said, what happened? And he said that, I've been bad to my shaykh for 20 years. That person was bad to his own shaykh for 20 years. And whenever I go to him, he would just tell me, recite Dhruj Shreef. And I would read Dhruj Shreef. Then he told me 1,000 times, I did 1,000, then 1,500, then 3,000. Then now I've reached 11,000 Dhruj Shreef a day. I recite Dhruj. And for the past 30 years of my life, I've been doing the retreat for 11,000 times. My sheikh said that this is your last sabak. It means that the sheikh was just Naqshimani in name. He didn't know anything about the actual real lessons and asbaq of the Naqshimani Sallallahu Didn't even get the first lesson in all of those decades. Didn't even do zikr kalbi. So Dhrushif is a very elevated thing and a very good thing to do, a great ibada, a great virtue, a great reward. But you have to do zikr kalbi, and that's something as his own merit. If a person is afflicted with fever, instead of an antibiotic, you give him vitamins his whole life, will his fever get cured? 
So Kalbi Zikr is what is the antibiotic for the passionate, lustful desires of the nafs. And if we don't control that, then how is a person going to get purified? Hazrati's first Sheikh Hazrat Sayyid Zawara Sainshanti used to say something that just like there's different types of technologies, there's civil technology, electrical technology, there's agricultural technology. He said just like that, there's a, the Sawaf technology. He said that that person who learns that technology can teach that technology. And that person who has not been trained cannot teach it onwards. He won't even know what muraqaba is. He won't even know how to describe muraqaba. He won't even know what tawajjuh is, how to give tawajjuh, what is the purpose of these things, what is the goal and object of tariqa. He won't know those things because if nobody taught him, he will not be able to understand. As he says that once, in the beginning, I found out that in such in such a neighborhood there was a person and he has zikr kalbi. So I was a student at that time. It was my student days. And a few friends we went to see and let's meet this person. So we met him and we sat with him. And we just see... <laughs> that he just sits there and just goes like this the whole time. <laughs> And that was his zikr It was a fake. The point was that he was a fake. He was a charlatan. And he says that this isn't zikr this is zikr shoulder. <laughs> and he's going like this. You can see his if you want. So I'd say that person was doing zikr, but instead of doing zikr on his kalb, he was doing zikr on his muscles. And he had spent a lot of time doing zikr on his muscles, so his muscles were now twitching. So this wasn't Zikr Kalbi. To those people who claim that they have Zikr Kalbi, even they don't have it. That is why today that there are very, very, very few Mashaik today who actually know or formally train to formally instruct these formal lessons of the Naqshim And there are some people who spent their whole lives and they couldn't find anybody to train them and give them these lessons. So zikr kalbi is something that requires effort. But you also have to make a lot of du'as to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just like a boy clings to his mother and doesn't let go until his mother gives him what he wants and he keeps trying and keeps trying. Just like that we have to keep making du'a to Allah ta'ala. Making du'a on tahajjud, making du'a on the day, making du'a on the night, making du'a alone, making du'a on gatherings. Just keep making du'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the zikr al-kalbi is such a blessing from Allah that if a person was to give up their whole life for this, it would still be worth it. Because it's an incredible blessing. He was mentioning about himself that we were three friends and uh, we were all doing the beginning lessons of the Lataif and we used to share one room together. 
And many, many days would pass that we never even spoke one word to each other. Days would pass before we spoke even one word to one another. We had already set up that who is going to do which chores. So on this day, so-and-so will be responsible for breakfast. On this day, so-and-so will be responsible for this task. So-and-so will be responsible for opening the door, closing the room, cleaning the room. All the tasks were pre-assigned. And we all just function according to that schedule. And sometimes for three days we would not say assalamu anything other than assalamu to one another. And every one of us was just involved in our zikr kalbi. We were studying in the university and doing zikr and that's it. And many years passed like that. That we spoke so less to another that if we wanted to write down all of the words we said in a day, we wouldn't even be able to fill up one sheet of paper. That's how little we used to speak. Why? Because we enjoyed the pleasure of silence. Many people don't realize the pleasure of silence. And there, it doesn't mean that we didn't love. We had a lot of love for one another, the three friends. It's not that we didn't love. We had lots of love for one another. But we didn't feel the need to speak to one another. And if there was some necessity, yes, we would speak. If there was something that needed to be said. But otherwise, we were so busy listening to the zikr of Allah, Allah that we didn't even feel the slightest inclination to speak because we were so busy listening to Allah, Allah, doing zikr kalbi all the time. If you put a person like this in the middle of the wilderness, I'd be very happy. So there's nobody around to talk to me. And I can just enjoy silence and solitude. So for this, a person makes lots of dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. must make, come to gatherings and make dua in gatherings. Now when a person's gulb becomes jari, becomes active and activated. Then the shaykh gives them the second lesson that is called Latifa Ruh. Now after getting the first lesson of Latifa Kalm, then a person's desires come into the control of a person. The uncontrollable desires, they become finished whether it's of lustful desire or eating food or eat, drinking they will no longer have uncontrollable desires why? because now they're getting so much pleasure and enjoyment from their zikr that in face compared to the pleasure of zikr nothing seems pleasurable to them anymore nothing attracts them anymore you can imagine this example that if a young man is newly married and if somebody tells him that <laughs> if his friends tell him that tonight instead of meeting your wife come with us and we'll give you a few candies so he'll laugh at them and say what are your candies compared to the pleasure I have now so just like that the person who feels the pleasure of zikr they view all of these worldly pleasures as just like candies so just like the vast difference between that type of pleasure and eating candies, just like that there's a vast difference between 
the pleasure that a person gets from Kalbi Zikr than the person gets from fulfilling the desires of their nafs. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives sukoon, peace, tranquility in the heart of a person. So from zikr kalbi, a person gets cured of their spiritual illness. Which spiritual illness? Shahwa, lustful desires. If you see that, look, if a person did the effort, they got the goal. This is a great, incredible goal to get, that a person's lustful desires are finished. So due to which then this was a chronic disease that a person had They're always lapsing back into their lustful passions So during zikr on the first lesson can cure a person of this chronic disease And then they're able to lower their gaze and safeguard their gaze Once there was a person where he used to live So from the place where he lived up to the masjid There was some walk so whenever he when he moved to a house so on the first day he went out and he said let me try to find the way to the masjid and he saw that there's all these women on that road why? because there is a tandoor you know an oven that often where people bake bread and the women always line up there to get the bread and some of them were covered, some of them were less covered, some of them were more covered. And some were young girls, teenagers, who were also lining up for the bread. So he realized that that's where the masjid, you have to go through this road to get to the masjid. Then he stayed in that room for four years and every day he used to go to Salah five times a day and both he was going to prayer and coming back from prepare so ten times he would pass that road and after four years then he left that house and then he went somewhere else then in those four years he can say that I never ever saw that even oven for a second time only that first day because I didn't know I was looking for the masjid I saw and then after that for four years I never ever even noticed any of the girls. This is Hazrat's own story when he was studying in the University of Engineering. From his dorm room to the University Masjid, there was this. We've seen it. So if on top of that this person making this effort has du'as of his parents and then has du'as of his sheikh, then this becomes even easier for him. So persons should value their time and why not expend their time on this beautiful task of trying to get the zikr of Allah subhanahu on our kal. Don't treat muraqaba as a side business. Think that, no, this is my ultimate purpose. Don't think that business and shop and factory and office and, and, and think, oh, I'll just do a few minutes of muraqaba a day. No, you should have such a concern, such a worry. You should think that 24 hours I should be doing ibadat and zikr. And along with that, on the side, I'm running a business and a factory and working in my shop. But my main thing is zikr. And 24 hours all the time, whenever I get a chance, I want to do the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
And if once a person gets this blessing, the pleasure is in front of this, all of the pleasures of the world seem like nothing. There's no comparison even. Because this pleasure of the zikr kalbi is actually one of the pleasures of jannat. Just like when ordinary people, they're... They can't get enough of the pleasures of women. And it comes in hadith actually that for a person to understand the pleasures of Jannah, as a sample, Allah has put the pleasure that a person drives from women. But zikr kalbi is not a sample, it's the actual pleasure of Jannah. So in order to obtain this and to get this pleasure, we should make a lot of effort. So in the beginning there was tahadruk and then after that tadakkar then actually the zikr of Allah Allah. But no one knows that where the beloved lies. But we just hear a bell that is signaling to us where the beloved is. Just like that, that the tahadruk is like a bell that is signaling to us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's zikr is coming. And there's no direction for this zikr. It's coming from all four directions. There is an animal, which is a particular type of deer. And that deer in its belly button type area, at the particular time of the year when it is mating season, that belly button produces musk. That's the real actual musk of the deer. And Hazrati said that once we saw in Makkumakarma an itar white musk, so Hatiji said, I asked the Attar, the perfume seller, that what's the real musk? What is that like? So he said, I have some of that I can show it to you. And then he opened some drawer and he took out some very special, you know. And he actually took out, actually took out the belly, I mean, he had actually the belly button type part of the deer there and he said we extract the musk from this and then what we do is we dilute it 100 times that's how strong it is and so that musk that we make that's 100th part this and otherwise it's diluted when does it produce that it secretes that musk when it's in the height of its passion in mating season just like that the Mashaik has said when a person has zikr kalbi it's like he has a mushk and he is just feeling strong and he is able to do all the ibadat and all the mujahidat and leave all the sins. He gets a spiritual strength. So just like when the deer is in the height of its passion, it secretes this mushk and gets, let's say, a certain physical power. Just like that, the salik, when they're doing zikr kalbi, they get a spiritual power.
So it's, it's nice gathering. We spoke about Zikr Kalmi and gave you the details about Zikr Kalmi. Now you would have gotten some idea about the rest of the Lataif as well. The same way the Kalb becomes Jari, just like that the Ru, Seer, Khafi, Akfa, Nafs, and Kalib become Jari. But there is one difference. And the difference is, is that that the sound of the kalb and the tahadruk, that the tahadruk and the zakr of the kalb is much more mm, ascertainable. But the tahadruk and the zakr of the other lataif are even more, more latif or more delicate. So most people will say that I feel the kalb, I feel the tahadruk and the zakr of the kalb, but I don't really feel it of the other lataif. So that's fine because that's an issue related to kashf. And not everyone is going to be able to perceive it or be able to listen to it. But there's one thing that comes at the end and that is called Latifa Qalabiyya. Latifa number seven. When that becomes jari, then the person's entire body starts doing zikr. And that's why it is known as Sultan al-Azkar, the king of zikrs. So when they do the seven lessons, Sultan al-Azkar, the whole body starts making zikr. Their core does zikr, their hair does zikr, every hair on them does zikr, every part of their body does zikr. And that is when a person realizes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Quran that there's nothing in this entire universe other than that just the tasbih and hamd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, although you may not be able to perceive it. So if every single thing in the universe is doing the zikr of Allah, then we are also a thing. This body of ours is also a thing made by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so it, our body can do zikr. Whether we're able to be aware of it or not, that is something different. So imagine if a person, that person who is on the seventh lesson and their seventh lesson became jari, if they wanted, they could make niyat of all seven lataif together and listen to their zikr from all seven places. But the Mishnahik have said it's preferred to do Merakabah one by one separately on all the seven Lataif. Now, if, imagine now if a person gets all of these feelings on the first stage, which is the seven Lataif, the real Saluk actually starts after Lataif, which is called the Marifat Saluk of Marifat, the Saluk of intimately knowing Allah subhanahu wa As I explained before, this is just the base coat, which is the seven Lataif. Imagine if this is the incredible wonders of the base coat, then I can just imagine what are the wonders of the actual finishing paint. They get the marafat and nukat, they get deep wondrous understandings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and wondrous pleasures of Tanawata Quran. Hazrat Mujallah what he said was extremely priceless. That I sat in Muraqabah and I was able to see all of the creation in this universe, but the fragrance and the zat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I didn't find it anywhere except for in the salah. So that means, and how is that going to happen in salah? Now if we look at inner salah, there's also a sabak, which are called the kamalat and nabuwat. Kamalat and risalat. Hakikat al-Salat, Hakikat al-Quran, Hakikat al-Kaaba. 
So in these Murakumas, the, what type of Hakaik, what type of realities are open in the heart? So that's the means Murakaba. But what is the realities of Salah? The Murakaba about the realities of the Kaaba. Murakaba about the realities of the Quran. So Azaji says that our Shaykh used to say that sometimes a person who plays the drum, he plays the drum to attract people around him and everybody can watch the show. Just like that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made a drum beat of Latifai Kalb and let them be attracted to the Taharruq and Tazakr of Kalb so that they can see all of the other wonders I have in store for their button. So if a person does work on this, then they get that feeling of Asan that they worship Allah as if they see Him or if they see him not, then at least they're aware that he is watching them. May Allah Ta'ala give us this nikmah blessing. Wa akhirun da'wana alhamdulillahi wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.